Thanks, Barry. Good morning. How is everybody? Would you tell me if you weren't? No. Okay. At least we're being honest about our dishonesty. Okay. Well, good morning. I want to take um, just a minute and highlight a few of those announcements, really just the fall classes. If you look in the bulletin and you look around the church, there are so many things uh, happening. A lot of them begin this week. So I just want to highlight a few. Um, specifically, the, the Vineyard DNA class, which begins this week. Um, again, that's just uh, an introduction to what membership looks like at the Vineyard. Um, so that's a four-week class, and we'll talk all about our philosophy of ministry, our mission, our values, how and why we do what we do. And honestly, my biggest prayer for that time is that we encounter God together. So uh, even if you don't want to hear me talk a lot, but you want to hear God, I invite you to come to that. <laughs> um, Lots of good opportunities. Alpha is, a, is another great opportunity. If you are either right now wondering what it's like to have a relationship with God or you know someone who doesn't have a relationship with God, raise your hand. How many of you are realizing that's everyone in the room? Okay. <clears throat> so you are all the ones invited to be a part of Alpha. Alpha is a great opportunity if you're just investigating, what does this mean to know God? I mean, how do I deal with life? in the world without God, how would I find him? Or if you've got a friend or family member who are really interested and you see them, uh, hear them asking questions, Alpha is a great place to bring questioning people. There's good food. The uh, teaching is really good. Basics of the Christian faith. A little bit of small group time. No question uh, untaken. Untaken. No question you can't ask. And um, so I invite you to be a part of that uh, yourself or with friends, family, etc. And then I just want to say men's retreat. If you're a man, you should come. Okay? Okay. Amen. Get it? Amen. It's like a joke. <clears throat> On that note, let's pray. God, we thank you that, um, Lord, before the worlds were even created, you saw this moment. You knew this moment. Lord, you were present before this moment happened to this moment as you stand outside of, e of time in the realm of eternity. And so, Lord, we thank you for your great plans for this moment in time. I thank you, Lord, that no one is here by accident, that in your perfect sovereignty and in your great love, you've ordained that each who are here are here this morning. And so we just thank you, Lord, and we take in the peace of knowing that we are a part of your plan in the world. So, Lord, we invite you now to make your presence known among us, to speak to us through the scriptures, to speak to us through one another, to encourage us, Lord. We know that when we gather in your name, you're present, you're active, you're speaking, and you're bringing redemption. And we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to um, just read a couple scriptures this morning, and, um, and then we're going to try to do the scriptures. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes you come to church and you think, I'm going to come and I'm going to worship and then I'm going to listen and I'm going to go out smarter, encouraged, hopeful, whatever. I hope all that happens. But this morning, you're a part of that. And so I want to read a couple of scriptures and then we're just going to do what the scripture says. So uh, that all of you should have just a little butterfly starting in your heart about right now. But be assured, God is present and 
Everything's fine. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. The psalmist says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The psalmist says, praise the Lord, O my soul. He, it's like David was saying. He's speaking to his own soul. He's saying, praise the Lord. And, and why would you do that? Well, don't forget everything that God has done. He's healed your diseases. He's redeemed your life from the pit. He's crowned you with loving kindness. He's restored your youth. In just a few minutes, I'm going to have uh, Robbie walk around with a, um, with a microphone. And I just want to hear your praise of God for what he's done. I want you to take a minute or two, if, you, if, you, if it's bubbling up within you, just to declare your praise in front of everyone and say, here's how God's redeemed my life from the pit. Here's the disease God has healed in my life. Here's how he's crowned me with loving kindness. Here's how my youth has been restored and renewed like the eagles. So a part of our praise is giving publicly praise to God. And, and interesting, um, Revelation chapter 19, Marsha, I didn't give it to you, so don't worry about it. Revelation 19.11, if you can find it that fast. Revelation 19.11, um, this is uh, sort of the end of all things. We're getting how life works from the end perspective. <clears throat> and I guess that's not the passage. So I'll just tell you the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's the one where it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy, if you read in the New Testament, prophecy is all about encouragement and building up and so forth. So what we're learning from the end time revelation to now, as we sort of walk into that time that's coming, here's what the scripture tells us. When we talk about what Jesus has done in our lives... The same spirit that prophesies encouragement and building up is, is sent out. When Chuck tells a story about what God has uh, done in his life, the spirit of prophecy comes. The Holy Spirit of God and people are encouraged. Encouraged to what? To believe that they might receive the same. To pray for others to experience the same. And in my experience, sometimes literally to in- encounter the presence of God in that actual testimony, and be released, be healed. Um, Psalm 118, 5 through 7. In my anguish, so we had the psalmist first saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, don't forget, remember? And now here's the psalmist in another part of our real lives. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He's my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. The psalmist says, in my anguish, in the reality of my life, real, live, difficult pain, I cried to the Lord. And the response of the Lord was setting me free. I want to hear about it this morning. I want a few of you to say, to stand up with boldness and courage, recognizing that the spirit of prophecy is on you.
and begin to announce, this is how God set me free. Now, here's what I don't want to hear. (laughs) I don't want to hear God came and did something and I never had another problem in all my life (laughs) because I'm pretty sure that's not actually true. But breakthrough begets breakthrough begets breakthrough begets breakthrough. The more free you are, the more free you become. And so I just want to, even if you have a little bit of freedom, let's, maybe there's someone here this morning says, you know, I've been smoking for 20 years and I went three days without a cigarette. I want you to stand up because there's some anguish in that if you want to quit and there's some freedom in three days. And then we're going to pray for the fourth and the fifth, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, Isaiah 35, can you go to Isaiah 35? I'm really making Marsha earn her money considering she doesn't get paid. That's <laughs> double everything we give you. Isaiah 35. So this is what David read this morning. And, and this is the scripture from which the song he wrote came this morning. The desert and the parched land will be glad. It's a prophetic word of truth. If your life is desert, it's parched, it will become glad. Maybe today, maybe next week. Can I just give you a little bit more reality? Maybe the day you die. That's the mystery of the kingdom, the now and the not yet. We don't know when. But the reality is the desert and the parched land in your life will become glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Some of you know that and you're going to tell about it. Others need that and you're going to hear about it. So that what? so that we can strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees that give way, so that we can realize and say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He'll come with vengeance. Who's his vengeance against? You? No, the enemy who's been wreaking havoc in our lives. Vengeance is coming, and we're on the right team. As Robbie likes to tell me, every time we meet, we're winning. And we've got to remember that this morning. That's why we do testimonies, just to remind everyone, we're winning. Be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And then the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And on and on and on. So, uh, Robbie, get the microphone. And uh, as Robbie's uh, searching for his first victim, first person... Let me just tell you this about testimonies. We're, we're, we're not looking for the sermon that you came with. We're not looking for something that you learned 40 years ago. I want to hear about something that God has done in your life. A minute, maybe two minutes. Consider this like a family gathering and you're free to speak. And consider me, and I mean this in the nicest way, as the father at the end of the table who will tell you when it's time to stop. <laughs> but I'll do it so gently. A minute or so. Here's what God's done in my life. Here's, here's what, I've, what I've learned. Here's my one day of victory. Here are my 20 years of victory. And if you've got real courage and boldness, you can also stand up and say, I don't know about freedom, but I need it. Okay? Now I've set the table. What's for dinner? Okay. <laughs> tell us your name and, uh, and um, uh, my tell Chris. us your story. <laughs> um, I get nervous, but um, this is loud. <laughs> Um, I will uh, just say this, that uh, years ago, a few years ago, um, 
I believe the lie of my whole life um, about my heart. Um, I grew up in a broken home. My father raised me and uh, didn't grow up without a, without a mom. So in my heart for many years, I believed that I had a dark place in my heart, like a hole or like not a whole heart. And part of it would never be filled because I did not have this love of my mother. However, a few years ago, I was, I guess it was a prophecy. Like someone told me like, your heart is whole. It always has been whole. Mm. It's just filled with other kinds of love from other people. And um, it's true. Um, you know, in the last few years, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so sorry. In the last few years, um, I recognize that. And, and I, you know, God has made me whole. But what is really the enlightening part was I've always been whole. I've always had a whole heart. It's just the devil has, had made me believe that I was missing something that I never really missed because it was filled with the people around me and the community around me. And I will give you this back. Great. Thank you. So, Lord, we're just so thankful for Chris, and we're so thankful for the work that you've done in her life. And we just declare now over her wholeness and holiness and ask, Lord, for anyone that feels like her, feels like they're not whole, Lord, that you'd open their eyes to see the way that you show your love to them. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm coming to you over here in a minute. I'm not a public speaker either, so I'll probably shake too. <laughs> um, mine is also a mother's story, which is Tell interesting. Tell us your name, Melody. Um, this is, I'm Melody Benedict, sorry. <laughs> um, we've been coming here to the vineyard probably about a year, and uh, I think it was about November or so that I met with um, Jane Foken and Jacqueline um, just to talk about some struggles that I was having in my life, and I really had no clue what the root of those were. Um, but in pursuing that a little bit further with Jacqueline, uh, I realized my parents divorced when I was four, and it was a, a pretty ugly divorce. My dad did get custody of me and my sister. My sister eventually went to live with my mother, but I was estranged from my mother from the time I was nine. And a lot of that was my choice. It was also people um, seeking to protect me. And what Jacqueline helped me to see was that I didn't have a voice. Um, basically, my voice had been taken from me. Mm. And um, I stepped into that place of saying, Lord, what do I want and what do you want? And the Lord showed me that I needed to renew this relationship with my mother. Uh, that's a long time because I'm not afraid to say I'm 51. <laughs> so that's a long time ago. And the Lord, I just waited on him for his timing and asked him what he wanted me to do. And he laid on my heart to write her a letter, which I did. She received it absolutely wonderfully. Um, we have Facebooked together. She ended our last Facebook session by saying, this is a conversation I never thought I would have. And, and the reason I tell you this is because through that and through that obedience to the Lord, which for me was very hard, it was not something that was easy. She's not an easy person. Um, the Lord has done amazing things in me. Um, I have a voice. Uh, I feel free to speak. 
what's in my heart and in my mind and reach out to other people. And there's like this, this thing that was missing that I didn't know. And God's timing was just so perfect. And it has changed the way I see people. It has changed relationships. All because I did what God asked me to do. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for using your voice, Melody. We need your voice. Now, um, I wonder if there's some here that resonate with that broken relationship with uh, um, maybe a, a parent or uh, a spouse or a child. Um, I just I just want to step into the opportunity. Somebody gave us a prophetic word as a staff this morning that the Lord was issuing invitations. Um, he's calling us. And um, and so maybe this is an invitation. And uh, if so, if that's you, if you you've got a relationship that you know needs to be restored, it's your it's the longing of your heart. You don't know how to do it. Uh, I want you to stand right now. And if you're afraid to stand, maybe you're sitting next to the person that you're estranged from. Then just open your heart. But if if you can stand, if that's you, there's a relationship that needs to be repaired. Okay. Good. Now, just those that are around, let's just lay a gentle hand on these and um, let's just join together in believing that this is what God wants to do. Let's make sure there's no one without a hand on them. God, thank you so much for what you've done in Melody's life. We bless that, the restoration of that relationship with her mother. And now, Lord, as we hear the testimony of Jesus and as we release the spirit of prophecy, the work of the Holy Spirit, we ask, Holy Spirit, come and do your reconciling work. Lord, whatever it is that needs to happen in these hearts that are standing today, I ask in Jesus' name, you do that work, God. And I ask for the faith and for the courage to take the step of obedience, Lord, that you'll release to them. And also, Lord, for that encouragement from Romans 12, that if at all possible, they should live at peace with all men. And Lord, that they would recognize that just as it is up to them, they will and have done what you've called them to. So Lord, we release now your kingdom upon them. Restoration, healing, and redemption in relationships for the glory of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you for those who stood and for those who sat with open hearts and to those who extended their hands. After three women in a row, men, I'm just letting you know, <laughs> the tide's about to change. Okay. My name is Sue King. I'm beginning to, I'm also 51 going on 52, and I'm beginning to understand why the Lord says for the older women to train the younger women, because I don't think you start getting it <laughs> until you get older. Um, from my earliest memories, I remember the presence of God in my life, even as a very, very young girl. But I didn't have many boundaries growing up, so I was very blessed that the Lord put mentors in my life all along the way um, to kind of teach me about God and to teach me about life. But I grew up thinking um, that God was up there, and if I wasn't very, very good, and I didn't do it exactly right, that he was going to be um, displeased with me and angry. And I carried that up until the time that I came to this church in 2006, I think it was. 
And the Lord began to heal that. And um, just last week, the Lord showed me some unforgiveness in my life. And it was ugly. And I repented and really dealt with that. And I realized I don't think about God like that anymore. I see him as a father who loves me. And I love his correction because that says to me when he disciplines and when he corrects, it says to me, daughter, I love you. No matter how far you get off the path, I'm coming after you. And I love that about God that he, no matter what we do, no matter how far off track we get, he brings us back because he loves us. And I love the discipline of God for that reason. It says to me, I love you. Thank you, Sue. That's a miracle when someone can stand up and say, I love discipline. That's the work of God. Thanks. I'm looking for a male. <laughs> Why don't we start with uh, David and then go to Marco? Well, good morning. My name is David. And um, I'll tell you what really resonates with me is that passage that says, forget not all his benefits. I could go for as long as you guys could possibly stand just talking about the benefits that he has just just inundated my life with. But I want to give especially a public thanks for just a couple things that he, God, has brought me through. Among other things, five years ago, I moved to Indianapolis not thinking I was going to stay here very long. didn't even want to be here. Um, but I had... Um, is that just, a confession? It is a confession. <laughs> I actually like it here quite a bit now. But um, I had just come through a very abusive uh, marriage ended in divorce, and that included physical abuse. Um, very, very painful thing. I've also survived um, violent crime, where I have actually looked down the barrel of a gun and didn't know if I would be living a minute from now. And I just think about those benefits, how he's preserved me. He's just preserved me. I can't forget all his benefits. I was talking to Bonnie, I think it was just last night, we were driving home from somewhere, and I was just talking to her about how I look at all that he's brought me through, and I, and I have this these amazing gifts that have been given to me, and I have extraordinary health. And I, I look at friends of mine who haven't lived as long as I have or have been struck down with illness or have lost in so many ways, and here I am still standing. And when I stop and think about that, every breath is precious. And when I breathe in and I feel that, I know that what I am breathing in is the grace of God his goodness and his benefits that he's just poured on me. And I'm, I'm ever mindful, ever mindful. Thank you, David. As we were um, preparing for worship and we were praying, the, wor- the worship team uh, and I back in the conference room, Andrea, who was belting it out over here. Um, I hope I'm allowed to share this. I'll try to be discreet. Um, Andrea and uh, her husband Chad work in a ministry to those struggling with homelessness in the city. She said, I just want you to pray for a new friend of mine. He'd been in prison for 30 years um, for, for, for stealing five $1 bills and a couple other things, just 
not worthy of 30 years, and there was a pretty serious miscarriage of justice, and he's been released, and after 30 years in prison, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't, he's afraid to ride a bus. He doesn't know how to use a cell phone. Um, that's maybe not so bad, that cell phone part. But um, Eddie, I think it was, or uh, the guitarist, Eddie said, thank you, Andrea, for a little wake-up call. To those of us who, who live relatively comfort- comfortably in the city or in the suburbs, wherever, and have no idea what it is that we just walk in. I mean, that we just walk in. Uh, when you hear a story like that, it brings to mind the benefits. And it actually highlights the benefits, doesn't it? It's some of those things that we, would, we might want to whine about. All of a sudden, we look at them all and we say, Praise God that I get to eat rice again today. Praise God that I get to get in this dump of a car. Praise God that I get to go to this job that sometimes really frustrates me. I'm just trying to hit everybody here. (laughs) Because we don't recognize sometimes the benefits that we walk in. And the Lord this morning is just saying, I think, a little exclamation point. Forget none of his benefits. Hi, my name is Marco, and uh, <clears throat> I'm training for a marathon. That's a testimony. Um, <laughs> so I was. Uh, Give it to us after you finish it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the vote, man. Um, <laughs> We're friends, that. I promise. Um, so anyway, last Saturday I was slotted to do a two-hour and fifty-minute run, and um, I got to two o six, and I, I was defeated. The humidity. I'm blaming the humidity, but, but I, I didn't make it, and. Uh, the testimony is that, um, well, the praise is that I did it yesterday, um, but uh, the, the testimony is that I had a, a long walk home because <laughs> I was, I'd run out from my house and I was at 2.06, <laughs> had to get home. So, um, so I, I really felt that God was speaking to me in that, and um, not the least of which was that, you know, I, I heard the Father say that, you know, you have another shot. I mean, you can do this next week. And the testimony, I think, is that uh, is that in my struggle uh, with perfectionism, um, that, you know, five years ago I would have spiraled down, I would have gone into my man cave, you know, I would have been down and out for the day. Um, but, but praise God that there's uh, grace, and I, and I think I want to speak specifically to men who struggle with that. You know, it's never enough, and you're not going to get a second chance, and, I, and I, you know, I want to say that you are going to get a second chance. So, praise God. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. We have time for one more, Sarah. Robbie, it's, you got to run. You, no, you don't. Because <laughs> if you uh, right here, Sarah. Yeah. Um, I'm Sarah, and I just was feeling really convicted to share. Um, this past year for me has actually been really one of the most painful um, of my life, and just having to like face, um, I guess, issues within my heart, um, and I went through a pretty painful breakup about a year ago, and um, just been, like, kind of working through all those issues and um, come in, trying to come back out of it, and it was really encouraging to me when you had said um, about breakthrough that the more free you are, the more that you become, because um, <laughs> there's a lot of days that I've just been feeling like, when is this? ever going to just go away (laughs) in the cloud. Um, And 
frustrated that like, why am I not over things? Why have I not gotten through whatever, you know, part that God is dealing with in my heart about it? And, um, and yet it's really awesome because I just feel like everywhere I turn over the past year, even when I, um, even when I want to tend to look like inward and get caught up in the emotion or the stuff within me, it's like God just everywhere I turn keeps putting opportunities um, in my path to just like bring me back out again. And whether that's with people or with my job or like literally every aspect of my life, um, God has really just, it's like I can see, even though I don't see the full light at the end of the tunnel, I can see how God is um, pulling me back out and making me me again. And like uh, making me who I like what I know is within me and that the parts of me that kind of got shelled up during that relationship. Um, it's like he's saying, no, this is who you really are. And um, you're coming along like <laughs> and like, the passion and the desires I put in in you that have always been there, like they're going to come and um, and like that that person I had kind of um, closed up and become like I guess like God is just saying that's not you and like I uh, I am going to set you free and I am going to bring about the desires uh, of my heart and even though I feel like I haven't really arrived yet I actually feel a little convicted when you were having people um, pray about reconciliation because it's still desire that there'd be some peace made um, and I'm going to just kind of pray until God says no like close the door on that but it's just been really awesome to see how God, even when you still feel like you're struggling, God still is making you more and more free. Yeah, great. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> you just uh, close with the scripture from Matthew 16. Um, it, this, this, some of the stories from today, I just want to let you know I'm hearing this a lot. Um, I sit in, in an interesting place in the world. I sit in a pastor's office, and I hear a lot of stories, some really hard ones, some really great ones. But more and more, I am hearing the story of God waking people up, of God reordering lives, of God really opening people up to see what they have become is not what they are becoming. And God's doing that. So if there's a stirring in you, during these days that you realize God's really calling you to walk out uh, an identity, not a different identity than um, not just sort of make up an identity, but to really walk in who you are. You know what that feels like when you just walk in the confidence of who you are and there isn't that fear of man and there isn't that need to perform. Maybe you don't know what that feels like, but I'll tell you when you get those moments, you realize this is freedom. When it, um, when it says in Romans that the, um, the earth is waiting for the revealing, the earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. It's like the earth, literally the people of the world are crying out. They're waiting for the revelation of God's sons and daughters walking in their true identity. And we can't do that by ourselves. We do need the God of the breakthrough. We do need the God of the breakthrough. And we do need the faith that he gives to, to walk in obedience. But then ahead of us, the Lord goes before us and he, he opens a door of invitation. And when we walk with him through that, there is breakthrough. And we are going to see more and more of us. 
walking in a true identity, a confidence, a joy, uh, for some of us, almost a holy violence. Take that in the right way, a holy violence, a holy seriousness about going after God and, and fulfilling his calling for our lives. That's how the world will change. That, that's how when Jesus says to Peter in Matthew 16, you know, Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responds, you're blessed, Simon, son of somebody, Jonah. <laughs> Because <laughs> you saw somebody, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you're Peter. It means rock. He's speaking it to each and every one of us. You're Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The reality is when we walk out our true identity, Jesus says to Peter, this is who you are. When we recognize and, st- and walk in who we are in Christ, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Think of what's happening when Jesus says that. He's not saying, you, you don't imagine the gates coming towards you. You imagine the gates guarding something that needs to be released. And what Jesus says to Peter is the gates of hell that guard the devil's work in your life, in other people's lives, they will not prevail. That's a picture of a people moving forward. That's a picture of a free redeemed, holy, confident, joyful, powerful people walking forward and the gates of hell don't know what to do. I wish I had a great closing, but that's what I got. (laughs) Stand up, let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, giving out, Lord, the, um, the testimony of Jesus through these courageous ones and for pouring out upon us the spirit of prophecy. Lord, may we receive the encouragement and the faith And the hope, Lord, that we can walk in that identity, that we can see that breakthrough, that we can see that uh, disease healed, that youth renewed, that relationship restored, that identity. So clearly, Lord, what you've called us to be and to do. We thank you for it. We thank you for redemption in Jesus. Amen. Great. Stand up and tell us your name and tell Hi, us good news. I'm Gina. Um, I, um, when I first started coming to the vineyard, I was, um, sorry, I'm going to cry. I Never was, apologize for tears. Our church runs with, on um, tears. With depression really bad after having my son. And I started coming here and it's not 100% better, but God has walked with me the entire way and it's just, Knowing that he's with me has gotten me through the really, really dark places. And um, I know that he still walks with me every day. And he brought me to people in this church that have, like, helped me and guided me and helped me feel like I'm not in this pit of despair and I don't have to struggle and be miserable every day. Great. Thank you, Gina. Um. If, if you resonate with that and you know the pit of despair because you're in it now or you feel the plague of depression, I'm going to ask you to be bold and would you stand up so we can pray for you? And if you're afraid to stand up, would you just stand up in your heart? And let's um, gather around them. So just everyone put a light hand on these as we begin to pray. 
Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what I understand that to mean is that when we, we, we tell in the congregation what Jesus is doing, his testimony, then it releases that spirit of prophecy, the prophetic word that brings encouragement and exhortation and upbuilding. So Lord, we ask now in Jesus' name, those here who are standing and those here who are sitting but feeling the weight of depression, we just uh, declare to them, Lord, that they're not alone. And we thank you so much that though there is uh, crying in the night, that joy comes in the morning. So we ask in Jesus' name that you would release in these joy, joy, not a denial of depression, but a revelation of joy. We ask God that you bring healing and restoration and that you open eyes right now and that you clear clouds. Lord, we thank you for them in our midst, for the gift that they are and what they bring. And we ask now, God, for your restoration of joy and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Gina, and thank you, everybody. We're in this together. Good. What else? Okay. Um, I just want to praise God because eight years ago... Tell um, us your name again, Tracy. Oh, sorry. Tracy Roberts. (laughs) Um, Eight years ago, the Lord... I, I cried out to God. I had a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other, and I couldn't stop what I was doing and I cried out to the Lord and he instantly delivered me um, and then has delivered me through things since since that time so I just and my husband and I were divorced at the time he restored our marriage he restored our family wow. um, so, anyway. so I just want to praise God for that and the other thing is is that it's not always easy it's not like it was been a, pe- a cakewalk since then. No, I'm not saying the marriage. I'm just saying, you know, life in general. But um, a, a year and a half ago, I lost a, a, a really good friend, and we lost a pregnancy within three days of each other. And um, on the other side of that, like, I, I couldn't understand it, and the Lord was allowing me to understand grief in a, in a different way, and that it was okay to grieve, mm. and that my faith wasn't broken. Um. And so I just praise God for that because I couldn't even go to the grocery store. That was three minutes away from our home. And my husband prayed over me a lot. I had so many people from here pray for me. And um, God has walked with me through this, and I feel like my faith has grown, and I have more compassion and different things. So I just want to praise him for that too. <laughs> so. Thanks, Tracy. That's great. I might encourage you if you if you resonate with that, with addiction or that kind of desperation, or maybe a, a marriage relationship that you don't know if can be restored. I mean, d- divorce is a pretty real thing, right? And the Lord just said, I understand where you were. Now I'm going to tell you where you're going. So maybe you'd want Tracy and Steve to pray for you afterwards. Okay. Thank you. I'm looking for a dude after Julie. <laughs> so, um, guys, I'm just letting you know, there's going to be a real long, awkward silence if I don't hear from a man next. <laughs> okay. And it's Janet. It's Janet. Oh. That's okay. I answered to Julie. Will you pray for me afterwards? Uh. 
No offense. <laughs> um, I'm delighted you're doing this this morning, Randy, because I'm, I'm honored to, to share an amazing testimony about my mom who passed away uh, just on the 23rd. Mm. And uh, she was 82. And my mother uh, just came to know the Lord in February. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to just... To just give those of you who have um, unbelieving parents hope, mm. um, there's there's hope, and um, gosh, I, I could share so much about my mom. Um, we laid her to rest last last week, but uh, all my I became a believer when I was 16, and my I have uh, three siblings, and they followed within the next five or six years. And um, my mom was a very, uh, very strong, amazing woman. Um, she raised the four of us kids pretty much by her, herself um, after divorcing my father. And he had, uh, um, his life was really messed up. Um, and a lot of, a lot of bad stuff went down. And, uh, but then later when he was, when he was 50, he came to the Lord and tried to make it up to my mom, but she had raised us all by herself, and a lot of pride, a lot of control, a lot of, uh, a lot of grace on that woman. I mean, she really sacrificed her whole life for her kids, but was very proud about it, too, and because Dad was a part of the Christian club, you know, <laughs> if he's a part of that, I don't want no part of it. Mm. So over the last probably 30 years, my brothers and sister and I Every attempt we would bring to my mom, praying for her, hey, there's this new tape, here, there's this book, and mom would bat those attempts out of the park left and right, you know, just, I mean, it's, <laughs> my brother on his knees with her before, like 10 years ago before I, uh, surgery, and her heart was just, you know, I, I could do, got this thing on my own, I got it, I got it, you know, and I respect you kids' faith, but I'm not going to go there. Um, finally, I, about a year ago, she had a stroke. And I got to see this strong uh, woman um, in a nursing home for the last year of her life. And finally, in need, uh, with some dementia, she finally turned to the Lord as my brother came and prayed with her last February. Um, but she always said, but the la and we tried to say, Mom, it's so, you know, we were, we were amazed. I mean, I actually had to repent of disbelief because mm. I, it's like, Chip, really, you're going to come again? Well, that's great. That's good for you. And in my heart, it's like, you know, Lord, you can maybe part the Red Sea, but you can't part Jean Ball's heart. There ain't no way. <laughs> and it's like, Lord, I had to repent, truly. And little things, just amazing things over watching through her life that we can look at now, just to see the relentless, relentless pursuit of God for us. Yeah. The relentless pursuit. And even when we give up, he does not give up. He does not grow weary. And he reaches in, and my, you know, I just, the stories go on. But uh, the last thing she said, well, uh, you know, we tried to tell her, you know, Mom, when you go to, there's, there's a heaven, and, and you're, you're going you're gonna to live with Jesus, and um, you're going to have a new body, and her body is just, I mean, she's paralyzed on one side, and she's just, you know, her body's just given out, that old tent. And, said, you know, one of the things you can't take with you to heaven is a, this big baggage of, um, bitterness towards dad and he would go and try to visit her and he's tried to apologize o over the years but then kind of sliding back into his old sort of life 
Um, she said, well, I, there's no way I'm not going to forgive that man. No way. Well, the day before she died, he came to my house. She, we, we had her in my home the last week of her life. And um, he came to our house, and he went in one more time, and she's tossed him out before. You get out of here. I'm going to call the police. You know? But the last, the last week, my brother and I were praying outside of her room, um, and he went in there, and he, again, shared all the, uh, asked for forgiveness, prayed with, you know, before God, and she just laid there. And we knew that she could respond, but she's just kind of laying there, listening, taking it all in. And uh, for my dad, it was, a, it was a really hard thing. It was a really good thing, and I was really proud that he would do that. And the most beautiful thing he said was, uh, you know, Gene, I have a lot of regrets for my life, and he does. But the one thing I won't regret is my four kids and that they know the Lord. And we cannot regret that. And he asked her over, I know this because I'm like, we have baby monitor on, in on her. <laughs> I'm like horning in at the last few minutes. And he's saying, can I come over and, and just hold your hand? Will you lift your hand and let me hold your hand? Will you let me? Will you let me? And I'm over there, I'm like, come on, Mom. Come on, Mom. And she barely rises her hand a little bit acknowledge that she hears him and he goes over and he holds her hand and we take that as a yes and less than 24 hours she she passed in our presence with her with her and so uh i've been kind of on a high you're allowed to be i'm on a uh, yeah and i i'm so delighted to share with you okay. don't give up on those those that you love because he doesn't even when we do Great, he's an amazing god and I glorify him, and so does my mom. Yeah. The last into the kingdom, but the first to see his face. <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. <clears throat> let's, let's pray for those family members that are on your heart right now. The ones you're thinking of, you think uh, they are the most stubborn. 30 years of fighting, one moment of God's presence in eternity with the Lord. That's what we just heard. So, Lord, we lift those um, family members that seem so resistant, those ones that we think, how could they ever? And, Lord, we thank you that nothing is impossible with you. So we thank you for the hearts that you're opening right now, for the opportunities that you're uh, working to give to us, both to present the gospel with words and to show the gospel with love. And we ask, Lord, for more and more testimonies of those people whose lives would be redeemed from the pit. That you'd crown them, Lord, with loving kindness. And I ask, Lord, for reconciliation in those places where we felt, some of us, that it could never happen. Lord, do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. I need a dude. All right, well, it's going to be kind of hard to follow that one, but um, <laughs> my name is Mark McCabe, and uh, I've been coming here all my life, pretty much, but um, anyway, so last year uh, was my senior year in high school, and I uh, got into some partying and, you know, fill in the blank, and um, and uh, I kind of got down into a mope, you know, with Christ, didn't really, I was, was, I was kind of away, and then uh after like god got me out of that and it was amazing and then after that i went into um 
a drum corps. I was a videographer for a drum corps, and I was away from home, like on the road for 100 days, uh, away from my family and with like every single person I was hanging out with, like all day, every day, were people I didn't even know. And God, like, I stayed strong, like, uh, even around all the drugs and alcohol and that, you know. Um, I stayed, God kept me strong all summer, and he gave me a, a whole new, like, um, outlook, like, on family and friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I got home, man, like, I'm with my family, my stepdad, I gave, like, gave me love for my family and um just uh and my girlfriend like Christ is like number one in my girlfriend and I's relationship now and it's um it's a beautiful thing. So that's great. Thanks Mark. <laughs> Time for one more. Hello. Um my name is Leah and I have been coming here for a lot many, many years, but I'm a student up at Anderson University, and there's some crazy stuff that the Lord's doing up there. Um, there have just been a group of us. I'm a junior. I have really good friends who are seniors. We have been crying out for since our freshman years for the Lord to do something radical on campus. Um, we've been pretty defeated in the past. We're like, okay, we're like the only ones who love Jesus. Like, what is this? Um, but we just all summer just really felt the Lord telling us, like, it's the year of the Lord's favor for Anderson University and just for college campuses in general. So we're like, okay, well, let's pray for that. And so we've just been praying all summer. We've been getting together and just inviting the Spirit on campus, saying, okay, Holy Spirit, like, have your way. Come rain. We, like, are all for it. And um, there's a group of us that started getting together on Sunday nights last year um, just to worship in, like, um, the breezeway of one of the buildings on campus. And it's, like, pretty out in the open. People could always hear us. But there was only, like, eight or nine of us, maybe. And, like, gradually it kind of started to grow, like, you know, 20 people, 30 people. And at the end of the year, there was probably about 30 people. And we came back. Classes had not even started last Sunday. And we came back, and there were, like, 150 people there. Wow. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was so weird. And we, we were all kind of, like, did you text all these people? Like, how do you know these people? And we're all like, no, like, we do not know these people. Like, there's students here, but we have no idea how they found out. They were there before most of us even got there. And it's cool, and there's stuff going on every night now. It's just, like, people being like, okay, well, I want to host, like, the presence of the Spirit here on campus tonight. And so we're like, okay. And it's just really, really cool. God's just, like, totally moving, and hearts are being broken for Him. And, like, it's unreal, you know? So it's cool. Praise God. You, you know how you feel. You're hungry for God, and you know you need God. And I just remind you again this morning, the world's hungry for God. They're, they're not necessarily hungry for our thoughts about him. They're not necessarily hungry for our perceptions, but they're hungry for the reality of God's presence in their lives. They're hungry for breakthrough. There's a, a scripture in Micah chapter 2 that uh, I won't put it up now, but it talks about the way the Lord goes before his people as the Lord of the breakthrough. Um, and I think that's an invitation that we have as a people during these days, that we get to ask God to go before us and be for us the Lord of the breakthrough in the areas where it doesn't make any sense, in the areas where we think nothing will ever change us or that situation or that person God really wants the glory 
of being the God of the breakthrough. And sometimes he gets to use us by letting us walk through in obedience, a place where we announce his presence, we pray for his presence, we show his presence through our love, we forgive people and they sense the presence of God. We persevere for 30, 40 years and then the, the presence of God comes through. I mean, we are a people of breakthrough. Eventually, the kingdom will break through when Jesus comes back and all of this stuff is done. But God gives us a taste of it now. Because Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of God is here. It's among you. And so uh, I want to pray for us that we will uh, step out into that and to see the God of the breakthrough in our lives. So let's stand. Um, the uh, communion servers can come forward and we'll prepare for communion. Father, we're thankful for uh, the ability to rejoice even in difficult circumstances. We're thankful, Lord, for the ability to rejoice when you come through and we see your activity in our lives. We choose this day to let joy arise within us, to encounter that joy and to walk into the world with it and give it away. We thank you, God, for your presence among us and for your love for us. We ask that you send us into the world now with great joy and courage and our eyes fixed upon you. Our feet willing to walk in obedience, our hands willing to serve with joy. We ask, Lord, that you accompany, accompany us with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like someone to pray for you uh, this morning, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you, or you can remain here just in uh, soak in God's presence. If you're interested in that, uh, welcome to the vineyard. That'll happen in the conference room in just a couple of minutes. Otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Have a great day.